What's up, everybody? It's Lo, your host, and the rest of the Vols ATB crew with Brando, Alex, and Drew. We're all finally reunited again after what's felt like three or four weeks of all of us being back together. And it's kind of a weird time because we don't have any sports actively going on right now, but we are back this week, whether you guys like it or not. And we are going to roll with a bunch of recruiting stuff, uh, mostly because that's not really my forte. Um, and then we're going to go to questions that you guys submitted to us via Twitter. So, And then if you're watching on YouTube, just know that you can also pop in and ask stuff and we'll also try to catch stuff live on Twitter. So Brando, let's kick off some questions. Yeah, I, I guess if we're gonna hop straight into the recruiting, I know Drew he has to you know feel good about this. Finally getting some help on the defensive side. Uh Tennessee had a really successful defensive recruiting weekend, picking up commitments from John Slaughter, three star safety, and also three star linebacker Jeremiah T Lander. I definitely expect those star ratings to change. Like these guys are Top of the top talent. Uh, Slaughter's been impressing at camps. T Lander, back to back, 130 plus tackle seasons in high school. Kids a dog. So getting these two guys that have been Tennessee, you know, uh, targets for a while, really, really big on other teams' boards. Getting those locked in, I feel like that was a huge win, especially on the defensive side of the ball. All in all, though, um, really, really crazy weekend. Tennessee got it done with about maybe six to seven kids, you know, in the driver's seat, looking good all looking healthy after, you know, kind of traumatic week with the whole Carnell Tate thing the last time we talked. But, you know, it couldn't have gone better for Tennessee. And I guess the first thing before we discuss everyone else, Drew, John Slaughter, Jeremiah T. Lander, what's your thoughts on those pickups? Yeah, I know that Jeremiah T. Lander has been a guy that's been on, you know, Heupel's board, you know, I think since early last year. So for him to finally be able to get him and get that commitment early mm-hmm. uh, is huge. And I think given the circumstances from after, you know, that disappointing, you know, commitment with Carnell Tate of uh, him going to Ohio State, I think this was a good bounce back. And from what I've heard from everything with, Mal, you know, Francis Malgoa and with a couple others that were there in that recruiting visit, it was – I it, it sounds like it was a fantastic weekend for Heupel and his staff. And so I think we're definitely right back in the right direction. Uh and who knows? I mean, I, I know Brandon was going to touch base about this, but I think Fourth of July is going to be a uh, it's going to be a good day, boys. Let's go. I'm pretty sure about that. Alex, hey, I, no, I was just listening. You know, I I really kept up with recruiting. I ain't been here in a minute, so I was just Call, y'all still AI over here. No, I'm just listening. Honestly, I will say, I guess like the only comment I had is that I thought um, I thought with the way that Slaughter's presence on Twitter's been that he has been committed to us for a long time um, because anytime he does anything, he's been hyping us up. He's been hyping us up from the moment um, that we really like started uh, showing interest and really pursuing after him. So that's always good to see. It's always good to see the uh, positive circulation of of, uh, recruiting vibes around us right now uh, because we did hit that rough stretch where we lost somebody that we thought we was getting um, and and people were kind of upset about that. And that happens. But again, these are kids. They make their own decisions, and you just gotta let the let the chips fall where they may. But um, in terms of who we got, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited anytime we get anybody, and I love just seeing the the GBO tweets from Highpool. Um, all that stuff gets me excited. But yeah, I'm gonna leave this up to y'all. Y'all got it. And by y'all, we mean Brando and Drew because <laughs> I do not keep up with recruiting. I will say, someone on our Twitter said it's at Cause Kramer one. He says next week. 
We have Kanye Eccles and Jaden Smith and hopefully Francis. Does any of that mean anything? Yeah. Yeah. So but to talk about this week before I hop in that, uh, I was going to say John Slaughter, when he committed, that kid had me fired up. So I don't know if y'all saw, but I ran the, the Instagram kind of at Vol Scoops and I went live with and they were on top about Neyland Stadium. And it was like actually the day before T Lander like officially committed. Uh, he committed to the staff the day before and I think it got leaked on live as well. But uh, just you know, on the live recruiting everybody, like guys that were there, guys that were, you know, next year's class already hopping in. I love the kids' energy out the gate. And then Jeremiah T. Lander getting him there, uh, him using my edit. That was pretty cool, too. Uh, all in all, a great, great weekend. Uh, you look at the July 4th weekend and we hop into that. You have one uh, July 1st. There's, you know, I'm not going to mention that, that name, but July 3rd, everyone knows Christian Conyers has been public about that decision. You have July 4th with Francis and, uh, Nathan Eklos over there, the five-star 2024, ranked number one edge in the 2024 class. Um, I'm pretty sure he camped here, and Tennessee recruited him on the tight end side. You kind of saw everything kind of fall together with Alex Golish, the, the offensive coordinator, tweeting, boom. Everyone's like, hey, what's going on? So that was pretty cool. If that all comes to fruition, that would be uh, great. On the Francis side, I'm hearing really great things. I heard that his family, they enjoyed the Tennessee visit the best. They only visited Miami and Tennessee together. So those two schools, um, obviously Miami on the NIL front, landing Jaden Rashada, they've been absolutely on fire. But I think Tennessee with the whole Nico vibe, uh, NIL thing, I still expect good news on July 4th on that side. And then Christian Conyer uh, going into the, st the state of Kentucky, every time he's been back and forth, the kind of sway of his thought there has been different. But being on campus with John Slaughter, he said that, you know, John Slaughter is one of his best friends. And I think that relationship on top with, you know, Coach Martinez, I think I saw a crazy stat. Coach Martinez has put more draft picks in like the last 12 months than Kentucky has like the last decade. I don't even know. It was something crazy like that. And just to throw that out to the kid as he's making his decision. If we land Christian Conyer, uh, the kid that I believe is before him, uh, July 4th, get two there, like would be an absolute crazy stretch in recruiting. And then you still have multiple, multiple guys that are soon to make a decision. So. Okay. Drew, anything to add to that? I I got nothing else to say. So Brando spoke beautifully on that part. So Drew, I, I expected some return talk from Drew. I got more though, but return talk. <laughs> yeah, Drew, I mean, supposed to like, especially my hype man over here. I mean, I've already like you know touched base with like with Francis. Uh, you know, I mean. I think it's huge the fact that him and Nico have such a close relationship, and I really think that's going to wind up being the reason why he comes here, as opposed to Miami. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now, I know Miami has offered him a great NIL deal, allegedly, but I think even all despite that, I still think he's going to wind up here, and you know, I think it's really going to even it's just going to fall even more after that. And I think Jaden Smith, for I think that's that's probably the Jayden one guy excited about. More yeah, because he's just I forgot to mention him, but. Yeah, but, I think Jalen Smith, he, he's the guy from uh, Grayson out there. People don't know the linebacker. He broke the Grayson High School tackle record. So Tennessee going into the state of Georgia, getting two potential four-star linebacker recruits out of there. I know it's loaded out there in that state, but to still say like you went in their state and took two four-stars out of there and you're probably going to do it again with multiple positions this year, that was great in itself. So, And, I mean, the fact for him to, like, you know, break the school record for tackles in a season is like beyond impressive because that's the same school that produced Robert Tim like the number yeah. one recruit that went to Ole Miss several years ago. So that, he still has a senior year. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're fucking back. So. <laughs> That's of events. Now like we're saying now Drew is on board. He's fucking crazy. Uh, I guess to finish it off, I guess uh, the guys that aren't making decisions soon, Nathan Leacock. I know it's a Tennessee-Michigan battle. He's like one of the top receivers on both of our boards. I think Tennessee leads there. Uh, Chad Simmons put a prediction in with him. Uh, Shamad Umarov, the offensive tackle that visited with uh, Nico as well, top 20 tackle. I think that's a Tennessee-Georgia battle, and the sooner he commits, the better for Tennessee. And then Jordan Matthews, the corner, picking between LSU, Texas, and Tennessee, four-star, top 20 corner. Just before we came on air, Drew was complaining about the DB work. So if we got a four-star, top 20 DB, I'm sure that would kind of help him up over there. On, on the next- My complaints about the secondary is very reasonable, okay? It's like, valid. It's valid. Very They're valid. valid. They're very valid. Very valid. I hear you. But I'm glad we're finally, like, they're focusing on the secondary because that's where we need to help the most, more than any other position. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say the only bad, like the only negative part was probably with the three guys, Jeremiah Cobb. He's making his decision soon. It sounds like he's all but Auburn bound. You have Jakeem Jackson. I know he had a good visit, but I still expect him to be at Florida. And then Hunter Osborne, you know, Rodney Garner was working him hard there. He kind of wanted to wait to do a decision, but really a big Clemson target right now. And they kind of told him that if you're not making a decision before July 5th, uh, we're not going to take you like we're moving on. And it sounds like he's going to. Uh, join the class and get locked in. Dabo's out here scaring kids into committing. So you saw what they've kind of been doing lately. I think it's like 11 commits in like 13 days, like ridiculous. So they're trying to lock their things down. And then off campus, a uh, big name everyone's been caring about, Cameron Selden. He went to Penn State, crystal ball there right now. I think Tennessee, uh, the visit going out there might have helped Tennessee. It sounds like they're really high on Trayon Webb. And I know that Cameron Selden, like he loves the role they're uh, putting out there for him as a running back wide receiver mix, kind of like Debo Samuel. So if they land Trey on Webb, which might have come before the 30th, I expect that to kind of give Tennessee the, the full package for Cameron Sullivan. And that would be a huge, huge pickup as well. So, Dang. There's a lot going on. I I just can't keep yeah. up. Like, honestly, I truly can't because it changes so fast. But one thing I will say, like, I mean, are y'all confident that Francis is coming here? Like, you really, truly think that? That was my yeah. question, too. Yeah. I guess I, I had that written down, like, a, a prediction that I wanted us all to kind of do. Christian Conyers on the third, the ones that are announced. Christian Conyers on the third, Jonathan Eklos on the fourth, along with Francis. That would result in 14 stars, like, depending on where you look. And everyone, like, when uh, T-Lander and Slaughter committed, it was like, oh, three-star you, da-da-da-da. You go out there and back to days you land a four star and two five stars like i think tennessee goes three for three dang respectfully i mean even if they go two for three like it's still a fantastic weekend but i if you asked me about two and a half three weeks ago on francis i probably would have been iffy about it but like the ground it looks like tennessee made up from this past weekend's visit mm-hmm. and the fact that we're still technically in the lead of this recruiting bout over Miami's insane NIL deal that they're offering. I think it just speaks volumes on how close of him and Nico really are and like on how much his parents truly enjoyed it here in Knoxville last weekend. And I think that's, I really do think it's going to wind up as a, uh, as a ball. Yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, it's a big, it's a big culture thing too. I mean, and honestly, it's not just the school or just the football team. I mean, you got to think about it from all aspects, or at least I would 
as a student athlete and, you know, as his parents are checking out these cities. Sorry, Alex, but Miami just is not the greatest. For my, I, oh, no, I, I agree. This, this shit's expensive. <laughs> I tell you that inflation really hitting us hard right now. So I'd be moving out too. I can't yeah. Lie. But, I don't think uh, they'll have any trouble with that. <laughs> with that but. No, true, true. But uh, I will say also to the Francis stuff, um, I know that he was mentioned on like big boards like a couple of times um, prior to like the last like two to three weeks. But then definitely in the last two to three weeks, even me being like as detached as I have been, I've seen his name circulating a lot more with connections to us, with talking about how much he's loved his visit and how like how much time he's spent on campus with our coaches, our coaching staff and stuff. So and then also we get Brando Nugs. Uh, we get those in the chat daily. So every oh, yeah. time I see that, I'm like, yeah, he's coming to us. So I'm always sold. But uh, no, I, I feel like. I feel like all things are still pointing to us, even after, like y'all said, the visit to, to I guess here technically. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm we we always need good linemen uh, because you know it, it don't really matter what else you've got in the backfield if they can't uh, be upright. So yeah, I'm always I'm always good for five star tackles coming in. Yeah, I mean I feel really good about it. The last I heard is that they they came to Knoxville, they left. And now the full family, after getting the kind of feel for it, they've mentioned that Tennessee was like the best kind of visit they had. They've went home to Hawaii. They're all together. And I think Greg Bibbins and AP have both said that kind of the families wanting to make a decision in the next 24 hours because tomorrow's the 30th, making an announcement on the 4th, having a five-day thing. And they also announced he'd be announcing on CBS, which Tennessee doesn't have the best luck with that, but I, that doesn't play a factor. But I think that all in all, I think the family's going to go home side and think that Tennessee is the best place to play you have Nico blocking for you know someone in your bloodline someone that's you know been recruiting you hard and is the whole reason he's even here and fell in love with the staff but even if we don't I mean if you the small chance you guys go to Miami I think it's still a successful weekend because you're getting a five-star and a four-star like Drew said but fully expect Tennessee to go three for three and I think I think unlike with the skill set that Francis have, that he's the type of guy that will literally the moment he arrives on campus, he's going to be starting. Like, I think he's going to even have more of a bigger impact than Trey Smith. Like that's, that's how, like, I really, I like really believe that. I hope you're right. That's freaking awesome. You guys get me hyped up every time we talk about this three for three on that. I will be very excited. No, no, I think we're going to be rolling. I think Tennessee is really set up. Well, you know, you get the unknown name on the first, you have the third, the fourth, uh, Cameron Seldon on the seventh, Jalen Smith on the tenth. That's as domino as it gets in this recruiting world. That's great pickups, all solid four star pickups. Be huge. Hey, I was I was gonna ask something. I guess because we've uh, we've mentioned him a couple times on air already, but I never saw this personally. But was people really mad about Nico's pants? Like I, I've heard, like His people say, like, why are we, why are we talking about a dude's like what he wears when he's playing in these seven on sevens and whatever? Like, I mean, they really mad that he out there wearing pajama pants. Is that true? I mean, the Reds on Ball for Life, like on Ball for Life Facebook, <laughs> were not too thrilled about it. They're like, he looks like a damn bum kid in high school. It's My like, God, who cares? It's like dude's freaking throwing dimes. Like he could, yeah, he hey. in onesie for all I care. Like, hey, I, if you if you turn if you tearing people apart in damn pajama pants, I'd hate to see you put on some pads and like a uniform and see what you can do. You know what I'm saying? It was, it so, really, um, it was just the old time rednecks I were pissed off about. Well, those are the same old time rednecks who would be out there freaking getting out of control when he dominates here. 
Exactly. Was, exactly. They're going to be the first ones to cheer for him. It will be the same people like 40, 50 year old rednecks in East Tennessee that are wearing pajamas in Neyland Stadium September. <laughs> Nika will have like an NIL line of pajama pants and they'll just be fucking. They're gonna buy the first pair, I promise they hey, will. They absolutely I'll will. let you I'll let you know. People were sick because um Nico, you know, being the top rated quarterback today is the uh, Elite Eleven finals where Nico qualified earlier this year for the, the Nashville one. Well it turns out it's his final volleyball tournament. Uh it's national tournament, one of the top teams in the country that made it this far. Now they're going to play in the in the championship. Nico said he's not going to compete in the Elite 11 competition, which is like rarely unheard of for a top QB prospect. He said, I'm going to go out there, play with my uh, my teammates and, you know, get the job done. You know, only one last last time he could play with them. And he chose to do that over Elite 11. I thought that showed crazy, crazy leadership of what we're going to get. And, you know, I'm sure people will try to dog him in the rankings and put these guys that did compete up there like they always do. But that just shows me what kind of leader he can be. Right. I absolutely agree. I absolutely love that. Like, talk about freaking loyalty. He doesn't, he's like, right. I mean, I just love that. Like, that's where your loyalty lies. You can't let these people behind. Plus, I saw some clips of his volleyball. and he's a <laughs> he's demon. Like, I was freaking out over that. He was really good. That also that also just shows, like, like, a selfless player, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had the opportunity to go and, like, I guess, like, quote, unquote, better himself. Or like put himself in the spotlight at like an elite eleven camp, but he decided to sacrifice that opportunity to be with his volleyball team. Like no, like that, those are the people you want on your team who, who care more about the team's success than their own personal growth and stuff like that. So I don't like that's what I'm saying. I'm so confused why people are getting mad. Like I, yeah. I there, there's no reason to get mad. But like he's not the first. He's not the first person to do it. Like Joe Burrow yeah. did it. Yeah. He skipped visit like an official visit to Ohio State just so that he could play an AAU basketball game with his friends. So like, oh yeah, like why, why? We just look well, for stuff to get mad so, at, at times. I'm like, yeah, just, let's be happy. I was um, on the Vols account. I was on Instagram Live with uh, Hayes Fawcett, the known account. He was on a burner, and what he was telling me is that like the whole kind of vibe from on three twenty four seven and rivals is that when Nico came, like right now he's a number three guy behind Arch and Malachi uh, Nelson from USC, and we all know. Nico's a better quarterback than Arch Manning. Just the whole name dispute, like this is a proven fact. But they were kind of saying that if he did compete, like they were all full and ready to give him that number one QB spot. And I know we all want that number one QB spot, but to hear that come out of Hayes' mouth and then understand like what Nico was doing outside, doing for his friends and his family, like that just told me everything. Like I already knew we had the number one quarterback, but to know that he's like the number one quarterback in his class and he has that mental character already before he's even a freshman in, in college, like it's – it's crazy. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic. I agree. I mean, but does it really matter, though, if he has that number one on him? I mean, yeah. technically, technically, you know, Jared Garantano was the number one, you know, pocket his recruiting class. That doesn't mean anything. So, Harrison Bailey. Harrison Bailey. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I told you about him. Yeah. So. Lord have mercy. Oh, Lord. Uh, he'll be he'll be balling it out with Tate Martell. So I thought he retired. No, nah, he's still there. <laughs> God, yeah. So, I guess to, to finish off football. Question. Oh wait, yeah. No, I was gonna say I was gonna say Drew. Did you want to mention that uh, one guy that went to the coal mines today? <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. Or, or like practice squad running back that decided to join the coal miners. Kentucky fans are raising their hands in victory because they landed D Beckwith and Ramon Jefferson today. And like they're convinced that they just out recruited Tennessee when Ramon Jefferson couldn't get in here for academic and legal issues. And D Beckwith couldn't see the field since the last time we played the last game under Pruitt. Like it just blew my mind to see these guys like blow up on my, on my timeline. I mean, if they want to get all fired up about a guy that had six carries for 27 yards in two and a half years, be my guess. Uh, but I think respectfully, I think, respectfully, respectfully, of course. I mean, congrats, D, on your, you know, if congrats you're listening, on going from SEC to SEC, are listening. But if you are listening, congrats on playing for an SEC program. You know, um, you know, Tennessee's bitch. Sorry, for my- <laughs> but you gotta smell cold. You know. <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you have thought like as if they landed Nico. Like they're all tickled to death about Pete Beckworth. Again, no, no disrespect. With, with so. not worth the oh, sorry. That's how busy he was. Forgot his last Pete Beckwith. Since we already I mean, have that topic real quick, I think we should bring up that question because someone asked how he would fit in Kentucky's scheme. What is so, y'all's opinions on that? What I saw from their fan base is Kentucky is fully convinced with their offseason and um, their hirings, the offensive things. They hired a guy from the 49ers after the guy from the Rams left him, I think Liam Cohen or whatever. So they're fully expecting to go like full fullback tight end with D Beckwith. And it blows my mind that they think that will work when he's like 6'5", 225, like 224. I feel like if under Josh Heupel, a guy that knows how to make people in size, like He's put multiple tight ends and receivers in the league. If if D Beckwith was anything to like line up as a tight end or a receiving core, like Josh Heupel would have took advantage of that. He would have said, get that guy on the field. Like, I just, I don't expect it to work. I think that size comparisons that like the height is like a disadvantage. If he was like smaller and bigger, like I could hundred percent see it. But when we saw him on the field, like he just couldn't hit gaps like a running back or a fullback. And I just don't understand what they're going to try to bring over with that NFL guy. So it's like what, you know, Brando mentioned about they got Ramon Jefferson, which I'll be honest with you, that was a good gift for them. Like I was oh, yeah. he's a good kid. Would have gotten him. It's unfortunate that he just wasn't able to get in, but you know, yeah. he'll be he'll be he'll play well for them like next year. But you know, I was thinking about this and I was doing some research on it. You know, they're you know they're all SEC right back Chris Rodriguez. He's on He's on track now to actually return to the team. He's been training at their facilities for the last two or three weeks at their camps and everything. And it looks like that he might may have like a three or four game suspension, but he's going to be back. So that kind of leaves Beckwith in a situation where he's already, you know, if you put him at, at running back, he's already third string because they're not, I mean, they're going to start Chris Rodriguez once he's back. And they're definitely going to have Ramon Jefferson as a backup or a starter to fill in that starting position while Rodriguez is gone. So you're looking at a situation for him where he's either going to be a tight end, which like Brando, I don't, I don't really see why. I mean, I've seen it happen for Jalen Hurts, a good example of someone that went from running back to wide receiver slash tight end in the big, or, you know, potentially seeing him at linebacker. I know that he played a little bit of linebacker in, in high school. And I know that Florida back in years ago recruited him as a tight end linebacker, but it just it's a move that doesn't make any sense. And you know, no no disrespect to the kid whatsoever, of course. I mean, you know, I wish him nothing but the best, except when he plays us, of course. But 
it's just a move that didn't make any sense whatsoever, considering they have Ramon Jefferson and Chris Rodriguez now. Yeah, I mean, he's a freak athlete. He has the body and size. I remember we all saw the photos when he was, like, first getting here into training and always in the weight room, like, all the clips. Like, the, the dude's a beast. Like, he's physically – like, he could probably have a career in bodybuilding after football if he doesn't go to the NFL. You know, respectfully, I don't know where he'll end up in the next – he has four years of eligibility. If he rides all four of those at Kentucky, wherever he does go, like, whatever he does, like, the kid's built like a – machine it'd be great for wwe <laughs> there we go and i, I, mean, I would cheer him on was, just like I mean, bianca belair i would be like the tennessee's great yeah so i mean like you know like the rock was a football player at miami and then he came you know a wwe legend maybe that's what deep backlifts calling is i mean who knows so hey i think i think though drew you brought up a really good point uh talking about hopple's offense and what what he's known to do is one his offenses are very wide open um, and if you are a playmaker, you will be on the field. And also the fact that he is very good at exploiting matchups. Uh, so if there's somebody like if there's a defender on the other side that like, you know, you can eat that matchup like he's going to put you out there and he's going to put you in a position to get the ball. So along with that, like you also said, how many times did we see him on the field? Very limited. Right. So, again, if he like wasn't cut out for the system or like the system didn't fit him or there was no way to incorporate in, him into the system because X, Y, and Z, then that's fine if you move on. Because, I mean, again, like, he's looking for the best opportunity for himself to showcase his own skills. That's fine. Go somewhere else. But, like, in terms of us, like, I feel like with the talent that we have coming in and the talent that we already have on campus, I think we're going to be perfectly fine and there's no reason to worry about that. Well, I mean, that was the problem with him, though. Is like, he, he couldn't, like, you know – he couldn't find an opening when he was running the ball. I mean, he only averaged three yards a carry. And then he can't block either, which is what you have to do in Heupel's offense if you're not running. Like, you have to be another, you know. Especially if you're 6'5". You know. And plus, I mean, like, he's 6'5". I mean, like, Jalen Wright was better at blocking than he was. I mean, so, again, no disrespect to the kid whatsoever. I wish him the best. Jerry's but, just saying no, that. No disrespect because he just spit on the kid. But, I mean, <laughs> so he and beat his ass. Well, he's in, luckily for me, he's in the coal mines. You know, they don't really have cars over there. So I think I'll be all oh right. Oh, my God. Well, let me just say, I think y'all have been so respectful and, like, well thought out with your answers. And when I read this, I was like, who gives a fuck how he fits into Kentucky? <laughs> That's not my business. Yeah, hey, this, this is a Tennessee podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't care what they do with him. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, I mean, I, that's nothing bad on his talent or who he is as a person, but I don't care what Kentucky does with him. Let them figure it out. Yeah, low one second. Drew's been so disrespectful about this. Next second. I don't give a fuck what you I said you guys have been respectful. I said you keep saying disrespectfully because you don't want him to come beat your ass. No, he, you know, he's he's probably going to be a great WWE or UFC wrestler. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of former in, like college football players, you know, Olivia St. Peru for Tennessee, killing it, you know, in the mixed martial arts world, you know, and I'm sure we got some like WWE people. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really care personally, but that's oh not. God. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad athlete at all. I think he's a great athlete, probably a cool dude. I've never met him, but I mean, that's just when I heard that question, I was like, I don't care what they do. Yeah, I mean, he just he just didn't. 
And good luck to the kid. He might, yeah, he might be a linebacker for Kentucky. So yeah, and honestly, with this, he's honestly probably gonna have his best game of the season against us. And we'll There's still no shot. I don't even think these are still cool. gonna. But touchdowns, but yeah, hey, yeah, running back, running back, linebacker. That's fine. Do whatever. Just play bad against us. I really don't care. <laughs> you can you can have a Heisman a Heisman campaign as long as when we show up to your to the game. You just play like ass. I don't care. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to have to worry about a Heisman campaign with him personally. But well, there you go. So that's already one step out of the way. Anyways, regardless, <laughs> we wish him the best. Hopefully, the best well, et cetera. I'm shitting on you the last but... 10 minutes of our show, but <laughs> he's still a ball for lifer. So, he all right. Good stuff. <laughs> Do you guys have any more other recruiting stuff before we dive into these questions? Um, not besides like what I closed with July first, third, fourth, seventh, and tenth. I just think the dominoes like they're going to be falling. A lot of GBO tweets, a lot of memes, a lot of Tennessee confidence saying the Vols are bad. Like I, I just <laughs> think it's like we're it'll be after that happens. I think it'll line up with like fifty days away from football. And I think those final 50 days are just going to be all chaos, like madness. Mm-hmm. So it's a decade of the Vols, boys. DOTV. I mean, Pruitt was right about that. Yeah, just not, not include him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll dive into these questions then. So these are questions that we asked um, y'all on our Twitter account to send us to talk about because we don't have any sports actively going on right now. And if we send out tweets like that in the future, it doesn't have to necessarily be sports related. We're going to kick off um, this whole segment with a non-sports related question. So first question was from at Stone Cold Vols 98, who asked us what our Mount Rushmore of alcohol is. And he told us to let the hair down a little bit. And I will be honest before they go through their answers that in the group chat, I was like, what the fuck does this mean? I I literally. Oh, my God. And now I figured it out. So top four alcohols. And I guess go in order if you can. Yeah, I don't see. I'm a fresh 21. So I'm like, I'm exploring right here. Like (laughs) what, Drew? What's, what's the face? Explore, yeah. I, I'm new to the activity. Now, nah, I, I don't know. You can't go wrong with some twisted teas with your boys for sure. Uh, bro, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Drew, apparently, that's all wrong. My Peter said Bush Light. Are y'all Bush Light fan? Hell yeah, Peter knows what's up so. I, I literally, I don't feel comfortable commenting on this topic, Drew. Drew <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable. No, what's your top four, Brandon? Like, we yeah, got go ahead. You already got one. One, bro. I don't fuck. I really don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a not- virgin. <laughs> All right, dude. You want to go or you? Want me I'm to? literally sipping Trulies right now. You like Shirley Temples, Brando? Oh god, I don't even know what a fucking Shirley Temple is. Shirley hey, Temple. I saw I saw a tweet once that said if you drank Shirley Temples as a kid, you probably grew up an alcoholic. So. They were not very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically like an alcoholic virgin, but I've been started with seltzers. Thoughts? 
that is that is more respectable of Twisted Tea. I will give you that. So okay, thank you. All right, who's next? All right, Alex, go for this okay. experienced oh, alcoholic over here in Drew. I'll go. So I mean, I'll be well, honest. With you. I've been drinking since I was like fourteen. So you know, and it kind of helped oh a lot. To live era like for five and a half years where kids start drinking when they're like eight. Bro, so, who hurt you? Tennessee athletics. I mean, like <laughs> what we're talking about. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. So beer, number one for me. I don't, you know, I don't really care what type of beer it is. None of that fancy like IPA, weed ale, bullshit, nonsense, hippie, you know, bullshit. Don't like that. Just give me a bush light. Give me a natty light. Give me something where I can drink like 25 of them and get handy. <laughs> number two, four locos. Nothing is better than a four loco on game day where you can get completely blacked out drunk after two. I I personally kind of like fruit punch flavor myself, but, you know, I am open all, to all varieties. Uh, three. This, you know, this one probably surprised y'all a little bit, but pink gin is fucking delicious. All right. Pink gin is like a very, I think, Brando, you'd like it. It has a little bit of a sweet taste to it. Okay. So it's not too overwhelming. You know, I know you like your sweetness, twisted teas and the seltzer. So it'd be nice. a good variety. You know? Nice little pink gin and tonic on a, you know, sunny afternoon. Oh, you can't go wrong. Fantastic. And, mom, and number four, I mean, whiskey. I mean, I'll I'll drink the shittiest shit. I mean, I'm talking about Jim Beam, you know, whatever. Two or more do. Jameson, you know, good old Jack Daniels, whatever. What about Travelers Club? Travelers Club, I have not had it, so I'll have to do a tasting on that. So horrible, don't do it. I've but had you said pretty awful one. shit. So, <laughs> but yeah, four locos and beer—that's my talk too. So if you ever see me at a tailgate, just give me one or the other, and I'll be—I'll be a happy man. That's that's wild that you like willingly drink a four loco. Like that blows um, my mind. <laughs> complete psychopath. You should know. That's absolutely crazy behavior. <laughs> um, okay, so. Also, somewhat like Drew, my four are um, there. They have their specific place. Okay, so for my for my mixed drink, I'm looking at a Jim and Jim Beam vanilla, and that's because when you put it in Diet Coke, it tastes like vanilla Coke. Also, you don't have to worry about calories. So when you drink Diet Coke, you get drunk quicker. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. So fun fact to the friends out there. That Second, is that my is choice of beer. My choice of beer is also, y'all go hate me for this one, uh, Michelob Ultra. That's uh, what I grew up on. I don't care. Drew, you can make a face. Jim Beam Vanilla. Michelob That's worse than my fucking Trulies. 45-year-old mom. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I don't care. Anyways, y'all not drinking that I am. My sipping whiskey, uh, because I really only drink whiskey. I don't like uh, vodka or tequila or anything like that. Fair. My sipping whiskey, I'm going to go to Maker's Mark. Very smooth. You can drink it uh, warm or on ice. I do prefer ice, but that's okay. Um, and then if I'm taking a shot of something, it's probably going to be in an airplane bottle that I snuck into Neyland Stadium. And it's probably going to be either Jim Beam Peach or Jim Beam Honey because it goes down quicker. So those are my four. I will also throw in an honorable mention of the hard Mountain Dew drinks. They are not as bad as you would think they are. Drew, do not roll your eyes. You know what? You know what? I'm glad you said that, though, because my brother and I got in a really intense argument about this in San Juan about three and a half weeks ago. The <laughs> bottle is not that it's, bad. Yes. Now, the there, other. No, exactly. It's like so the cherry good. flavor 
fucking disgusting. But no, the Baja well, Blast is actually a solid beverage. The the Baja Blast and the like, I guess like original Mountain Dew flavor, like the the normal Mountain Dew flavor, really aren't bad. Okay. And for me, like I don't drink like seltzers or like whatever or anything like that. So for me to say they're not bad, they're probably like I. Right. So that's all I'm gonna say. Granted, I'm very biased in terms of Mountain Dew. I will rep that brand till no tomorrow, but that's just me. So that's we, my four and a half. We just need Dr. Pepper to start making alcohol beverages and then work completely. I would be perfectly okay with that. That sounds like the most disgusting thing in my life. That's that's hilarious coming from someone that drinks twisted tea. Exactly. I don't exactly. Drink twisted tea. Exactly. Really. So let's, be, let's be honest. Mature your palate, Brando. <laughs> oh my god, the shots. I'm gonna sound like the most alcoholic because pretty much all of mine are just hard liquors. So here we go. So, so do you say you are surprised? Yeah, I don't think any of us are surprised. Yeah, so I even went as far as naming like my favorite brands of each kind. Uh, so tequila is number one. I don't care if it's mixed, I don't care if it's a shot. But Espion Blanco is by far the absolute best tequila. Like Total Wine has 150 plus tequilas. And I go in there to try and buy that fucking tequila and they're sold out. It pisses me off. So they need to up their supply. But that's my number one. Margaritas, all of that. Tequila number one. Blue Chair Bay Rum. I like rum as my second top favorite great mixer, but Blue Chair Bay is my favorite. Then, of course, whiskey, Jack Daniels, great mixer, good shot. But I also do like Jim Beam Vanilla, and one of my good friends drinks Thank that you. every single time. And with Diet Coke, it is good as hell. Like, you can't lie. I fully agree with that. Drew, just get that ridiculous look off your face. It gets you drunk quicker. It gets you drunk quicker. No extra alternative flavors, that nonsense. Just drink it. I mean, like, like full-on Hank Jr. Just just pound that bottle of Jim Beam. Not Continue, Lo. I'm listening. Anyway. <laughs> um, lastly, it's beer and beer slash seltzers because I'll definitely, like, drink them often. But if I'm going for a beer that, like, I just genuinely really like the taste of, it's going to be Mick Ultra Pure Gold. Out of a bottle, absolutely, or a Corona with a lime, something like that. And then seltzers, I do like the Mountain Dew seltzers the best. I fucking hate, hate Trulies now. I don't know what it is. What? I think I'm good. I hate, I hate all of them. I hate, I hate all of them. I would rather have a White Claw. The natural. No shy low. White Claw yeah. is the, the worst tasting thing there is. No. Nope, I would rather um, have a white the punch, claw. The punch, truly, the punch pack Trulies are 100% better than any White Claw ever. Those, those are so sugary. They taste so fucking fake. I feel like they came out of a plant. Like, out of like a production plant. Like, they took something nasty as fuck and just poured like some chemicals in it and put a little bit of aspartame and were like, here's your damn I alcohol. Hope so. I really hope so. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta try the natural light seltzers. I'm telling you, those are good. Like I've I actually saw, heard I they're saw not them bad. in the fridge, bro, and I was like, that's disgusting. Ten out of ten flavor. I've heard they're not bad. They're good. They're good. Half of the people who are listening probably just got drunk over how many actual things of alcohol we've mentioned in the past few minutes. 
the Corona zone. Terrible people. Hey, welcome to the party. That's all I got to say. Corona There is literally a billion seltzers. The fucking um, Alani New Seltzers, those are good as fuck. All of them. Hey, They're wait. Really Stone, Stone Cold said that White Claws taste like TV static looks. <laughs> I would agree. literally I honestly dog water stone cold. That's what I I'm would saying. agree to that statement right there. I'd rather drink a truly over a white claw. What yes, flavor? One, it's got I'm one of the, uh, the the black label truly's like the lemonade ones. But okay, like, I'm talking okay. about no, I'm talking about a white label traditional fucking oh, then neither. I'm 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 choosing like dehydrated. What the white label? Thirst. Oh no. Yeah. I'm definitely going with the berry pack. Right. That's not what I'm discussing. I'm comparing white label claw to white label truly. Any any berry flavor seltzer is fucking disgusting. Horrible. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. If it's not lime, if it's not lemon, I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> Simple as that. Dear God. Agreed. I can I already know that that's a lie and I'm going to make sure that I find this cuz at a tailgate or some shit I know damn well I'm going to see you drinking some berry ass. I I will probably <laughs> if someone hands me a berry truly seltzer I will chuck that motherfucker. In. That <laughs> wait. Wait. Low 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 brought up a good point. When when drink literally beer, literally in my hand. <laughs> we'll literally chuck it into the river. Literally get rid of it. <laughs> Literally in my hand. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, serious question. Low brings us up. When when drinking beer, what has the better taste? Out of a can or out of a bottle? I feel like there's only one answer. I don't know that answer. I can. Can. I've seen a bottle. You didn't say drink. Can Miller Lite is way better than bottled Miller Lite. And it's not even close. Not even close. Shout out to Mary White, by the way. Delicious beer. Uh, it depends Good on the beer. I like a nice, cold draft beer, too. You didn't throw draft I mean, yeah. I mean, like, Well, I was thinking, I was thinking like that you just like, like, I was, I was assuming like you just buy from bottle. the store. Peter says okay. bottle. Peter says. I say. I would say bottle. Peter, you're wrong in this. I mean, you're wrong. No, Peter. No, you're not. Peter Don't is worry. always right. We stand Peter. I, love, I would love to know what Larry's response is with this. Whether Facts, what, where has Larry been? All guy. All my Larry been real quiet today. <laughs> Dude, he messaged me uh, last Sunday because, or two Sundays ago because apparently he was at the same drag race as I was, and I had no idea. He's like, "Man, what you the fuck, Drew? What up?" I was like, "What, what the hell, Drew? Name it, Drew? You got to beat your ball for lap." <laughs> I was like, "I didn't know you're Larry." Like, if I would have known that, then obviously we would have like, you know. Had a beer, but we had the the Drew and Low meetup. Had a drag show, drag race, like oh. drag brunch. Yeah. Went to okay. drag brunch. I've been to those before. They're not fun. They yeah, are. Fun. Get in those. He's he's been in those plenty of times. Yeah, I'm very you know cultured and diverse. Here. <laughs> but yes, I'm very open. So. <laughs> oh man! All, all the alcohol I, talk has me thinking about Neyland Stadium. I know. What did you say? Renovations. It has me thinking about Neyland Stadium and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Next, next question. I'm so good at this thing. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> at false football, not the not the official account. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh my god. Blue checking everything. This is what they want to know. <laughs> I literally that was oh that cracked me up. Anyways, this person asked us, uh, what exactly? will be finished on the renovations this season. 
another Jumbotron, will that be working this year? And how many <clears throat> usable additions will there be like this season, such as concessions, the bar top or what, a, like the beer garden thing, et cetera. Yeah. Um, take I it away. Drew, I know yeah. Drew's going to touch on this a lot more in depth than me, but I saw a post on Instagram and the, the main things it mentioned was like the stadium Wi-Fi finally coming in. Like I've never been able to make an Instagram post in Neyland anytime I've ever went kneeling in my life, like can't ever call somebody. I uh, also saw there was like the, the crazy suites, uh, you know, Mike Eckler put out the post of the Jumbotron, which finally got done, which looks way bigger and, you know, finally might have some HD there in Neyland Stadium. And then they also, you know, obviously like the Vols letters and stuff, but Drew, what else you got in there? Yeah. So from everything that I've been reading, I've been literally, because I, I'm like, I just love stadium renovations and that type of stuff. I'm like a total nerd when it comes to that. Everything is on track to be done by early to mid-August. So there hasn't been any delays. There hasn't been any of that stuff. Uh, Jumbo, The Jumbotron is done. I mean, it's it's a done deal. It's finished. I mean, I think it will officially be finalized and done by this week. Um, they've already started adding steps and handrails uh, on the west side where they're doing, like, the, you know, VIP seating with, you know, with the, with the seat backs and everything. And I think those seats will be – they'll start installing row by row within the next week or two. So the field level club that they have over there that they have been digging up and everything, that's like the standing area is going to be done. But like as far as like the suites, that's like underneath, it's probably going to be around like October to early November just because their main priority is just to be able to get seats over there. But like stadium Wi-Fi, huge plus. I mean, I've countless Facts. times of losing people over there. The internet or the internet connection was so terrible. I know the Vol signs. They're playing. They're hoping to get that done by kickoff. Adding them on each side of the jumbotron. The bar is going to be popping. The standing room only is going to be good to go. They're going to have the seats over there in the upper deck within the next three to four weeks. And I think that'll probably only take a few days, quite honestly, because there's not that many seats. Hmm. Um, and I, what I do know is that they're adding. They're expanding the southeast and the southwest entries over in Gate Ten and Gate Eleven to make the oh, thank God much wider, which that they have needed that for about 20 years now so i'm glad they finally got that over with maybe even 50 <laughs> maybe 50 you're probably right honestly and so they're going to extend the concourse zones all over the state and then they're going to be adding you know how they have the brick over there at gate 21 on that side of the stadium they're going to add that same thing over there at gate 10 and gate 11 so stadium's going to look beautiful it's going to be great it's going to be the the stadium of all stadiums is going to be the greatest stadium ever seen <laughs> Trump would say, but uh, yeah, most of that will be done by 2022. And as far as the entries for the concourses, that's probably going to be done around by 2024, 2025. Hey, not honestly, the the only things that I really wanted to see were the uh, another jumbotron, which is getting done, the vol signs to go back up, which is getting done, <laughs> and once I heard that we were doing new bathrooms. <laughs> No, no. But we hey we we gonna be pissing in troughs for for the, the, the time, trough. right? <laughs> Danny White is too rich to piss in a trough, I think. Well, that, hey, he he don't come down and use our bathrooms. <laughs> I'll tell you, what, he might be too rich pissing those troughs, but us, <laughs> hey, yeah, us again, common folk, Brando. Okay, yeah. so it's tradition. You keep the troughs. That's what I'm saying. No, it's at this point it really is tradition. You just like, all right, I'm gonna go piss in the trough right quick. Yeah. I mean, until a Georgia woman comes in there and shits in one, and then you're probably like, <laughs> "Oh, then I piss on her." I guess, like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm pretty sure you get, get her out. 
Oh my god. Get her out. Sorry, anyways, Alex. Anyways, go, so, back, go, yeah, go back to you. So what I was saying originally, renovations and stuff, beautiful place, beautiful campus. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the only thing that I care about, really, like, honestly, I was so concerned that we were going to drop below 100,000 seats in Neyland. And once uh, once you announced that, Brando, that we was at, like, what, 101.910 or something like that? Uh, 101.915, so 101.915. Okay. They should have made it 865. Stop. Oh, my God. That would have been Stop. sick. <laughs> That's what they get for not asking my opinion. Anyways. Anyway. No, honestly, my fear was that we were going to drop down to, like, 98,000 and some, and then everybody was going to hit us with the, oh, it feels like 98, don't it, anytime we lost. So I was I was honestly like terrified of that, but we avoided that. We stayed above a hundred, and I love that. Um, I didn't even try to get Instagram posts off in Neyland because I couldn't get texts off. So I know if my texts weren't sending, I wasn't even going to try to play on any kind of social media app. But yeah, we stayed we stayed above a hundred. We're getting a bar. That's a plus. Never thought that would happen. Um, really fucking lit. We got our vol signs and we got a jumbotron on the other side. Like I'm cool and I, I I'm really good. Like I, I appreciate what they're doing. So. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I find it very believe that we only lost 500 seats between tearing in like four sections in the upper deck and then like ripping off like 2,000 yeah. bleachers. That's West. wild. Well, the thing is, um, I that the, standing, the standing room only shit. I think is a is different. They probably have like a max capacity rule, so they're including like you know 550 people can be at this section, so they're adding that in um, instead yeah. of not having like you may not have a seat, but hell yeah, you can stand there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why. Yeah, I mean, it makes. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't care less if we had dropped under a hundred thousand. We don't ever really get a hundred thousand people in there anyway. So and. Even if it dropped to ninety five or ninety thousand, it's still going to be the like the loudest place in the country to play a game. True. So there's just there's something about being one of like only six or seven schools in the country to say like I can put a hundred thousand people in my stadium if I wanted to. You know, I don't know. It's it's more of like it's more bragging rights than anything. In my I opinion. just think I mean I do kind of get I really wanted to stay in that six figure mark just because I think it's cool. Um, I know that we don't ever usually get there. Or not recently, but I just think it's a cool little thing to have. I also, I just think these renovations are going to be so sick. Like, it was just a few years ago, you weren't allowed to have a beer in there. And everyone's, like, sneaking in shit in their boots, which they still are. But yeah, it's the fact that, like, I can physically go buy a beer and or two or whatever, however many I want and watch the game. However, that does lead me into the next question, which this is a huge issue from last year. Um, at Vol and Chain asked us, will I, leave my, <laughs> will I be leaving my seat with four minutes left in the first quarter to get a beer only to come back mid-third quarter still? That is a massive, fucking, I mean, massive issue. I can't, I can't answer for Vol and Chain. But I absolutely will, and I always do. But, you know, what they really need to do, and, like, you know, I know the old-timers, the Reds, they're going to hate it, you know. They already hate the fact that we're, you know, serving that devil's water over in Neyland Stadium. But you know what? How about we have beer stands and literally in every two sections. Every two sections, we have a beer 
because you you don't have the ridiculous three thousand people line over there trying to get a fifteen dollar dosekis. Okay, so it would just it would help a lot. It would make it better, make it more efficient. You know, but you know also go back to the fact what Lois saying that how we can finally have alcohol. Uncle Al, maybe with the bar, they might have your Jim Beam vanilla or your peach or your pineapple flavor or whatever. Oh. You drink, so. Fingers well, crossed. <laughs> I just think this is beyond creepy because that is exactly what I was going to propose. And I never, I've never been on the same wavelength as Drew, and I'm not sure I ever want to be again. Oh, God. <laughs> One time thing. <laughs> but I did. I said every, literally every two sections, you have the, your own beam stand. Not only are they going to capitalize on even more sales because more people are going to get up for a shorter line, but it also makes it better for us because we don't miss the game that we paid fucking $300, $400 for to sit our ass and watch or actually stand because I'm just going to stand the whole time. But you, know. you, can add, you can add this argument to the folks that don't like alcohol being served. Look, we're adding more jobs, so it's better yeah. for the uh, what? I mean, you, you, hey, and yeah. more jobs, more money in the NIL fund. Exactly. And, and more people, if more people are up and at the at the concession stand, then like you have a clearer side of the game. There's yeah, less people. I think. Anyway. I don't know. I think back to the uh, the old Miss game and like the alcohol numbers that came out of that game. Like what happened that night last year. Like an all time high, the season high from like any school in the country that night. Tennessee sold more money in alcohol sales, and then. I also agree with y'all that, you know, there needs to definitely be more stands because even though I wasn't 21 at the time and I couldn't purchase it, like it was definitely noticeable, like how far you had to go and like the lines that were there trying to get to a bathroom, trying to get to a concession. My only worry is like with the new renovations, how more crowded it might make it in the tunnels, you know, like trying to sit in there. But as long as it doesn't like cause like a major crowding thing in general with people just trying to walk and, you know, get in and out, like there definitely needs to be more stands. So it would bring us more money gives the university more money. And I think it in all in all, like it helps us and well, let see me, the game. Let me also be devil's advocate for that specific game. People may have had their tempers so high because they're waiting so fucking long to get their beers. Maybe if they got it in like five or 10 minutes, then they wouldn't have been so angry. See, and that's why you should add a beer stand on every two sections. I hope that they're involved. I mean, it's just, are we, are we really going to blame the long lines or the referees fucking us and Jacob Warren on the fourth and 26th? The long lines. Oh, it's long oh. lines. Because if there was more of us, already had our beer in our hands, and every two sections, we would have been louder, and we probably would have wound up having the momentum shift on our side. So, in a way, yes, UT's incompetence is kind of the reason why we lost. <laughs> hey, you heard it here. Talk about a slippery slope. Oh, my God. I didn't expect that turn. <laughs> Peter hey, says we need to know. reach out. Oh, go ahead. He said oh. we need to reach out and get the skinny on this. It's a great idea, and I, I couldn't agree more. I call agree. Danny White, call Juice, call whoever you need to call. Get, get it done, yeah. you know. Just... I you agree. If Danny no-nugs a good pitch, be like, Danny, do you hate making money? Because I a brilliant literally so rich. You more hate profits, Danny? <laughs> any proposal you've ever had. More fear things. And on top of that, we need people like how they did the MLB NFL games, have beer vendors go up and down the stairs. So that way, leave your seat, get all redneck, angry, bear get furious, you know, yeah. alcohol angry, whatever, pal pissed off. You can still give your all 
while at the same time paid $19 for a beer. Hey, was- here's my other thing. If we're talking about beer renovations, you know, I mean, you can easily just get, we have so much technology. Like why can't they machine. check you in once? You get what I'm saying? Like yep. you scan the ID, you're like once per game, and then you take your ID up, and like they keep it in a registry, so they can also keep track of how many you've actually bought. So they aren't like overselling because that was one of their biggest criterias, from what I heard, was that oh well, we can't keep track of how many beers we're selling to this many people, and that's also why they try to spread them out is so that they aren't overselling like every quarter or whatever. But they never run out though. They obviously plan to sell so much because they never, they've never ran out. And like, I mean, so it's been millions in alcohol sales for Ole Miss and they, we didn't run out of beer. Like every closet, I believe in Neyland stadium, like every it has to be full. There's, <laughs> no, there's no shot. So to say yeah. they want to regulate at the same time, there's, there's just no way when you have, you, you have all of it there. Well, and is it that much, is it really financially feasible to have all of these people? I mean, when you see them like restocking the shelves with all the, all of these fucking cans and then they're running out and people are having to run all over. Uh, oh, we might have lost her. Remember I, the thought? I, I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> I agree with right. <laughs> she, she was trying to say, she was agree. trying to say like run across the state. If you really that is a serious ass place down. right there. She got something to say in that picture. <laughs> oh yeah, oh she does. If you really break it down though, I mean, if you think about from a financial perspective, where you have the lines for twenty or twenty five minutes, and people are going to grow impatient, stop. <laughs> they're going to be angry. You're right. And then they're, you know, that's boom. That's fifteen. That's thirty. That's sixty dollars lost. So you're looking at potentially Tennessee's losing thousands of dollars every single year because of their incompetence. By not really? having beers every other section. Hey, I will say, I will say there there have been legitimate times where, like I'm, let's say I'm going to a game or whatever that I've prepared more beforehand because I knew that those beer lines were going to be long and they weren't like going to be standable. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I carried something, I carried a little bit extra on me because I was like, you know what, I know I can't get up to to get a beer anytime soon. <clears throat> But let me just like take matters into my own hands. Granted, one, it's cheaper. Two, I don't have to wait in the line. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I've like went to a game preparing that in mind, like that scenario in mind that I won't have to wait for a beer because oh. it is that bad. Welcome back, y'all. My fucking power just went out. It's a Brando special. Yeah, I was gonna say you sound like Brando. Brando. It's a Brando <laughs> special. <laughs> I'm on my phone right now. Hey, welcome back. At least you made it. I don't know what rant I was in the middle of in all the lights. <laughs> you were talking about having to run across the stadium to grab a beer. Like, yeah. Has anyone opposed a fucking draft beer? Like, what is the problem with draft beer? Way cheaper. I agree. I agree. I mean, fuck all you got to do, though. you can have them running and pumping, and that's way less people running around, getting all sweaty and hot and bothered, carrying these big fucking things around. It's crazy. Well, it would be so much cheaper. They also know that we come into the stadium already like pissed, like like <laughs> slob to the knob, like gone and self. So like I already imagine like next year, like the, the pregame parties for the Vols ATV crew and then going in and if they add more beer stands and like giving us especially more access to it. Thinking about the guys that do already go crazy 
pregame guys that are out there for a 7 p.m. kickoff at 11 a.m. aka AI Uncle Al over there. Yeah. You so I, you know to, to talk about you know limiting people like maybe they they know better and they know who they're dealing with. I fully agree. I mean, hell, I don't know. They need to get it together because we will drink them dry this year. If if we're Wolf. not going to craft beer, how about we at least start some four locos? Please, four locos and fruit punch trulys, Drew. Let's Drew, get they want to make money, not kill people. You're going to make money oh anyway. I mean, like, you know, it, like to finish, like what I was like, fu- nah. like finish point low. We're losing financially tens of thousands of dollars a year for people waiting in lines for 20 to 30 minutes just to buy just one Dos Equis. If we had beer sec- beer stands in every two sections, think about raise the limit to two. I mean, even $20,000, we could add in that revenue alone. So it's just being confident Donnie Plowman, you know, caving in to all these like, you know, Campbell County people and, you know, Red. That don't want to get like you know get with the times, okay? It's 2022. We want to black out Neon, okay? <laughs> but no four locos, bro. No, because Why Drew's gonna be blacked out of his mind rushing the field of Neon. All of the all of the 18-year-old sorority girls are just fangirling over Drew right now for the four loco. He's so smart. Drew, oh Drew went from being the show villain yeah. on the yeah, football arc, and now he might have just brought himself back Actually, with the balls ATV show. You're right. I think you just, I think you just reversed your whole trend on the show. I don't like the, the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear man. God! I can't believe I literally. I'm just sitting here in the dark. It makes zero Someone sense. Someone had to hit a pole or something, probably. So are probably. we? Are we going to touch base on the other two questions that people asked, or which one? <laughs> I, just, I didn't even read the questions. Is I've it been... just all alcohol? <laughs> I hope so. I, this this has been All fun, right. though. We've been talking is, like 30 minutes strictly fun. on alcohol. <laughs> what, what do you have um, the other questions? I've got I've got one right here, locked and loaded. Amen. Um, oh, at CD Norton three asked us what our thoughts are on defense for this upcoming season, and especially in the secondary. I was just talking about how good Drew was being on this show and I already know that this topic is going to bring him right back to reality. I'm going to be the light of it and say that I think the additions of Andre Tarantine, um, Wesley Walker from Georgia Tech, two Nashville boys finally coming home, helping the secondary. Hopefully have a healthy Juwan Mitchell, Jeremy Banks. Uh, Drew mentioned before the show, the stat line of Aaron Beasley really, really being high on there. So I think, a lot of the positions that we might be really worried about, you know, there's definitely some caution to be worried and we might just shit the bed. But as long as we score points, I think we'll be all right. But the defense in itself, it has to be better. Like I need some kind of improvement from last year. And I think we lost low again. So it's tough. Okay. we'll continue on. I mean, Brando, I'm like, you know, I, I a lot. Well, disrespect to the fact that you started off a little, little side. <laughs> I, I had a little Christopher Gabriel in me, bro. Like, I don't know, man. Little gut punch that you just a little <laughs> CG in me. Welcome no. back, Lo. Oh, was- I was just I was listening, but I just had to check a message real quick. That was a little bit of oh, she but you know I'll I'll digress on here. So I'll, thank I'll start. You, thank you. I'll start with my point. Okay. Us replace Tim Bay replacing Matthew Butler is going to be the biggest challenge that he has this year. You know, and okay. I think we have we'll a lot of other guys on our defense. But Brando, let me finish. 
I think we have a lot of talented guys on our defensive line. You know, I think Elijah Simmons and Amari Thomas and DeJon Terry are all going to take big steps, you know, this okay. year. I really feel highly about DeJon Terry, too, because he actually played pretty well for Kansas. He was one of the very few bright spots about that team. Um, you know, and as far as the edge rushers go, like, you know, with Byron Young and Tyler Barron, I think as far as a duo goes on on both of those sides, I think it's about as good as you're going to get in the conference. Like, I feel very highly confident that Byron Young is going to wind up with at least 10 sacks this year. Like, oh, 100%. I really, I really truly believe that. Um, and then, you know, and we do have some young talent coming in with James Pierce and Joshua Josephs. But this is young quality depth, though. Like, these are, you know, four-star guys that could make an impact, and they'll get playing time as well. And, you know, and it's hard to believe, despite some of the talented defensive lines that Tennessee's had over the years, especially in the 90s. But you're talking about last year, they broke the program record for most tackles for losses in a season. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's insane. Like, considering how depleted that we were on, you know, the defensive side of the ball, the fact that we broke the program record – in year one, speaks volumes for Rodney Gardner, and I think it speaks a lot of volumes for Tim Banks as well. And I think, you know, the linebacker corp is not going to be really much of an issue. There is a little bit hesitant, you know, about Aaron Beasley, but, you know, he had 84 tackles this year. Jawan mm-hmm. Mitchell is going to be coming back, and I think he's going to be a big contributor, you know, rotating with, you know, Jeremy Banks. And I think Jeremy Banks is going to be a first All-SEC linebacker i really yeah. believe that he can be a little bit more disciplined and like get rid of the ridiculous you know penalties that he had last year i there's no doubt in my mind that he will be at least at least second all sec if not first all sec team yeah secondary i have to cut you off alex before you jump in but drew i'm gonna give you two names uh one of the line or three actually at each position on the defensive side uh one at the linebacker elijah herring i feel mm-hmm. like that's a name that can definitely be a name right there on the defensive line, I feel like Bryson Eason, he's made a crazy, crazy shift with his body on the defensive line with Rodney Garner. I feel like he has all the potential in the world. And then on the DB side, I definitely think a guy like Kamal Haddon, uh, Brandon Turrentine, or Deshaun Rucker, any three of those guys could easily come in and just show lights off. Yeah, I thought Kamal Haddon was, you know, good, was a good mention. I feel like Desmond Williams is, like, I think he's going to surprise with some folks too. You know, he was a highly talented Juco transfer. Um, I think he make a good impact, you know, and I mean, I, you know, I've, I've given shit about Warren Burrell over the last several months, but like, I am like, I'm, I'm believing since with him being a returning senior that he's actually going to be somewhat decent for us. So he's not going to be a complete liability, but he will be better than last year. Oh, how are we forgetting Jalen McCullough? McCullough too. Yeah. So, and you know, also, uh, Trayvon Flowers too. I mean Trayvon Flowers. Andre Turrentine. Yeah. I mean we could go on. Like you, if you talk, when you talk about the names, like when you think about it, you don't think about it a lot. But when you say the names, like there's a lot of depth there that could have a good amount of potential. They just got to put the pieces together. And I think, I mean, I think under year two with Tim Banks, I think they will. And I think the defense is going to be much improved from last year. I'm still worried about the secondary, but I mean, I think our defensive line though is not going to skip the beat. Well, our yeah. secondary wasn't. We were. I was horrified of last year's defensive scheme. This I feel way more confident this year, and they did fine last year. I mean, I think we are going to be way better off now. I mean, obviously secondary is going to be an issue, but what does it matter if we're out here scoring all these touchdowns? True, but you also need to stop people on you know on third down because you know they opponent you know. Opposition offenses were converting 42% of their third downs last year against us. So 
If we can like yeah. if we can cut that down to like thirty five, I I honest I mean I genuinely believe this. If we cut it down to like thirty five percent or below, this team will probably win nine or ten games this year. Bro, we're three drives last we're three drives last year from winning ten games last year. Like thinking about it from the pick game, the Hinden Hooker fourth down scramble, the Ole Miss game, how that turned out, the Purdue game, how that turned out. There's a lot of games that Tennessee lost they should have won. And to hear Drew over here talk about nine to ten games winning, you know, next year, I, I thought I was in a crazy state of mind for this episode. But Drew's over here preaching like I can't believe it. I'm just saying, I mean, like literally the third down defense has killed us last year. It really did. I mean, it was the reason why Ole Miss won. It really is. Matt Corral scrambling every single play. You know, the same with Kenny Pickett, right, with Pitt. And, I mean, hell, Purdue especially. I mean, my God. I guess that's another thing in general is stopping a mobile quarterback because it felt like every time, like, the locks were there from the DVs and everyone would go back and play in coverage and then you'd have a QB scramble for, like, 30 yards. Like, even the Purdue guy who was a sixth-year walk-on did it, like, a few plays. It was was ridiculous. So, But let's look at also some of the quarterbacks that were doing that. I mean, it's not like they – Gosh, I mean, yeah, Matt Corral, Kenny right. Pickett, all three draft picks. Right. So, I mean, you've got to you've got to respect that because, I mean, looking at these previous Tennessee teams and the fact that they really couldn't do anything, and then looking at yeah, we're talking about they couldn't stop these quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm laughing too because we just got a group text. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna be talking, but I'm gonna. Keep I can it. see in my eyes Alex running to the bathroom to pit like. <laughs> you just exposed him, man. I mean, he's going to do a tactical refresh. I mean, sorry. But. Oh, my God. Anyways, what I'm getting at is those are three, like, pretty respectable quarterbacks that you aren't just going to, like, I mean, just, it's not just Tennessee that had trouble tackling them is what I'm getting, what I was trying to get at. Yeah. So. And especially first-year Heupel team with a defense that none of us ever expected to even perform. To Playing the against our offensive speed, yeah, too. That they did. so. Yeah. And you got to think about it. Like, people eventually learn how to take advantage of it. Like, Kentucky, Purdue, realizing that if we play fast, they just have to play the long game, run it down our throats. And, you know, we plan according to that probably every week. We, You know, it didn't work for Kentucky to do it. We won that game. But it definitely happened with Purdue and them getting, you know, back-to-back quick touchdowns and then kind of possessing the clock there. Kind of if teams can stop our momentum and keep the ball away from us, that's how we're not dangerous because that defense is always going to be on the field. But like Lowe said earlier, our offense is going to be unstoppable. We have all returning pieces um, going four wide, Brew McCoy, Cedric Tillman. You still got Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant, two really, really guys that have been here for like five, six years now. So all well, well going. I think this offense is going to be kind of unstoppable. Everyone talks about Hendon Hooker being a top five QB in the nation this year. So, I mean, score points improved from last year, and there's no reason like you shouldn't be the expected nine and three. And if you set the bar and go ten and two and only lose to Bama and Georgia, like we're talking about a crazy, crazy New Year's Six Bowl. So I mean, that's such a dream. And if we did get into that. I fully expect Ronnie to pay my way to go. Oh yeah. The only the only down part about that is we if we do play in a New Year's Six Bowl is I hope to God we don't play in the Sugar Bowl because you want to know what time the kickoff is this year for the Sugar Bowl. Is and it noon? It's eleven a.m. It's eleven. Oh my God. So we're gonna have to like start drinking like at four o'clock in the morning, which <laughs> again, <Damn>. but <laughs> your point. It, 
not be feasible because for the rest of the day you're kind of screwed. So, hey, I will give my offer to Tennessee today. That's all I heard. Oh I'm my sorry. god. Okay. That would be such a time. We're getting ahead of ourselves. The fact that Drew even agreed that that was even a remote possibility kills. And he said nine to ten wins are like it's it's crazy. We got I got to refurbish Drew all all because we talked about some beer. I think Stone Cold saved enough. this. Stone Cold, if you're listening still, you saved this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's settle down here. All right, let's. Well, I love the question though. This name he went from Skip Bayless to Max Kellerman. Oh gross! Yeah, <laughs> I want to skip again. Sorry, Max Kellerman sucks. <laughs> oh my gosh! Shots fired at Max. Terrible oh. rapper, terrible you know sports commentator. He's just. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy though. Somewhat great guy, nice guy. Great guy. He's well. All the best for him. Bless his heart. <laughs> do, we, no, do we have a back. one final one? Let's disrespect. Oh, no, I don't think I don't think I think we covered all of them, didn't we? I think so too. Actually, was it four yeah. of them? No, we we covered uh, one of them earlier. Oh yeah, the one was the Mount oh, Rushmore. Yeah. I just literally forgot about it. The Mount Rushmore of alcohol. Yeah, that's what got us on all of our debauchery. Crazy rant. Usually it's Jeremy Pruitt or Jerry Garantano. This time was a Mount Rushmore. So growth on the Vols ATV show. Stone Cold. That was a good question. You see us at the tailgate in the future. You know what's going oh, He's going to see us. I, loco. I love Stone Cold. A bush light. A truly wild berry. Yeah. He's going to get an airplane bottle of Jim Beam honey for me. He's going to be shooting it. He's shooting whiskey. Chuck oh. it like Joe Milton. <laughs> oh, my. True. He what? was a positive. We so could have had his. <laughs> so <God>. inconsistent. <laughs> it's I our mean, defense again. Like, fuck. Uh, you have a rocket of an arm? Okay. I mean, if we're just going to, you know, act like we're in rainbow land and not speak the truth, then that's fine, I guess. <laughs> hey, don't. It was a banger. You got to st- soften with that rainbow talk. I'm not. Yeah, yeah bro. It's June. Chill out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guys, guys, we're, we're, we're hard knocks. Yeah. Shout out, Ron Cap. Yeah, shout out to Ron Cat. Hey, for real, shout right. out Ron Cat. That's that's the dude. He took care of me. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess a little teaser. We might be having an announcement soon. Yeah, we got, we've got a pretty big announcement coming up next. Maybe week. next week's episode. Next we live. A lot of grammar. It's whatever y'all want to do. If you want to announce, I don't care. But I don't want to do it now. I want. Okay, to yeah, next week. Yeah, next week. Build it up a lot There's of. No, it, we out here going crazy. Grammar around here you know around around the knox county parts you know so but wait is we'll, is july 4th next wednesday that is monday, monday. <laughs> right, well, so we're gonna come back and we might have 14 stars plus making our announcement that'll be a crazy episode so that's, that's what I'm why to. i wanted it to be next week too yeah, just that'll be lit fireworks baby fireworks all right well is everyone what we went for well over an hour? An hour on, ten and forty-five. We're even in sports right now. It's kind of people are probably like we do entertainment. Talking you off the ledge is what the Vols ATV crew does best. You know we got to keep each other you, sane. Convincing you that Four Locos is a great day beverage as well. No, convincing that we should probably switch to draft beer and add multiple multiple beer stands. Course. Every two, sec- two sections. Of course. And maybe, you know, since it'll switch to draft beer, we can knock the price down. I mean, that's, 
happen. I mean, those, those yeah. are, which don't get yeah. crappier in Neyland. I'll be more than happy to pay $19 for it. So, yeah, this is the perfect time I to end the show. Drew's, Drew's, Drew's off the ledge. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, like, they're going <laughs> to prices by at least three or four dollars if they go draft. Oh my god, I swear if we get the Neyland Stadium and all this fucking craziness what's going on in the real world now makes it way to Neyland Stadium and on the beer cost because of this episode. Drew's just well, those prices are already inflated. We can't afford more inflation. Prices. Drew here was not. I mean, they're gonna probably combat with the inflation, which you know makes sense from a financial perspective, because you know, if they probably kept their beer costs at fifteen dollars a can, they're probably gonna lose a lot of money. So this is why. They need to add four locos in there because it would be a financially, you know, affordable substitute that people could drink on, but as opposed to a nineteen dollar draft. But or we could just put some natty in there, you know, natty. Put a natty in the stadium because we don't have one in the stadium. Or proposal to have is you know Costco has their (laughs) Kirkland Light where you can buy like sixty (laughs) four. That would be another affordable alternative for sure. Kirkland Light. Good. It's good. Yeah, it's it's actually, don't ever drink it. It's the worst hand I've ever had. You might be able to afford the can of damn Four Loco, but you still have to afford the, the hospital bills when it sends you there. That's the thing. That stuff is that's disgusting. I, I had if I was in the hospital during the perfect era, then I'm never gonna be in the hospital. So I was in the hospital last year, so it didn't start out well. There you go. See not for, that, not for the alcohol, though. I ain't a pussy like that. Probably because somebody's drinking a Four loco near you. Probably. Right. <laughs> it's probably Drew. I mean, it's not freaking poison, guys. I mean, my God. Like, just because uh... you're... <laughs> it is poison. Actual poison. Everything's poison. That's true. Like this rant that we are running this... Like, we are running this I thought show. we were wrapping it up like a comedy. <laughs> I'm done. Drew in his fucking beer tape. Wrap it up. Back next week with some awesome recruits as a part of the Vols. I'm certain of it. Um, We're going to come back with some awesome news for us moving forward. And big announcement. And uh, yeah, that's it. Fun show. Thanks for all of your questions. Like I said, it doesn't have to be sports related. We're just trying to keep the show going in this off season. So anything y'all want us to talk about? Let us know, and we will see you guys next week with more fun facts. More fun facts. Go balls. Go balls. Three commits.